Good morning, Church of the Savior. What an honor it is to be in front of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, the beloved. So um, my name is Chris Sigri Lewis, and I was asked to come and speak. What an honor. So I want to start off, this is what we're going to be talking about today, is the voice of the Lord in our lives. But I want to start off, and I was, as speaking of the voice, when we were worshiping, in my mind's eye, I was hearing the still small voice say a couple different things here. And the first thing was this. During worship today, I felt like I heard the Lord say, I'm calling dancers. And um, it's not a word I always have, but I saw dancers coming forward like Levites, coming forward. And this is what I felt like the Lord was saying to me. I have singers, I have speakers, but the angels dance and I need dancers. And I kept seeing Gideon, sorry, not Gideon, um, uh, the wall, the wall, walking around the wall. Jericho. I kept seeing that like he was, he's wanting people to partner with the dancing that goes on in heaven. So I heard a very clear call that there's certain folks here that are called to dance before the Lord, that he's looking for dancers and that heaven is filled with dancing. And it's a part of worship where we actually give our bodies over to the Lord in movement. He's, he's one of that. So that's the first thing. The next thing is this, is that I heard a word for the youth here. So is there youth in the room right now? Part of the youth group, if you guys would stand up. I did this last service, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to do this again. If there's anyone, youth, I mean, it could be, if you're young, if you're under 18. So this is the word, is the Lord is consecrating you. And I saw this at the beginning of the last service, that you've heard it said you feel like, you feel like you were born at the wrong time. But the Lord is wanting you to know that you were born at the perfect time. Sorry, I get emotional with this, but I saw... The Lord is consecrating this generation to himself. And he's wanting you, the youth here, to consecrate yourself to the Lord. Um, You're going to see signs and wonders. You're going to see things that other generations have longed to see. And you're going to see it in this generation. And I want to remind you that when John the Baptist came and Jesus came, Israel was under occupation by a demonic entity. The Roman Empire worshipped demons and temple prostitution, in the middle of complete occupation, the voice of the Lord comes forward and a generation that would usher in the kingdom of heaven came on the earth. I just want you to know that this is your generation right now. So I just want to invite you to consecrate yourselves when we come to the times of, of doing this. The Lord has something for you. Okay, thank you guys. And then, um, yeah, bless the children here. And then this is a word for the entire body of Church of the Savior. Once we sung church, um, Shout to the Lord, immediately in my mind I saw golden swords falling on the altar here. And these are swords of proclamation. And I believe that the Lord is calling people here to proclaim the gospel. And this is what I sense. I sense there's people here, you have something in your heart. You want to proclaim the gospel, but you're afraid. You think that you don't have what it takes. You think you're not naturally geared towards this. And this is the word. The word is this. It's that God makes people ready for the gospel. He will give you the ability. He was looking for your yes. So I just saw every time we shouted to the Lord, I saw just, I heard, I saw golden swords of proclaimers here. I want to encourage you that if it's in your heart, God is inviting you. The Lord Jesus is inviting you to proclaim the gospel. He's inviting you. And I promise you, if you take a step of faith, the anointing and the power will come about. And you will be able to operate with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you will open your mouth and take a step forward. 
Amen? Okay. So let's get started today. <laughs> I guess I already did, but... Do you guys know it's God's desire to speak to us daily in intimacy? Who believes that? Okay. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's the gift of the inhabitation of the Lord inside of us. This is the beautiful thing. It's the gift. We have a right as sons and daughters to hear his voice every day. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, you do. This is the children's bread. I'm telling you, you do. Okay, I want to go through a couple of scriptures today. I'm just going to basically jump across the stream with a couple of stones here. This is not exhaustive. This is just a couple of scriptures that lead us to understand the intimate nature of the Lord and what he's actually calling us to and what's available to us from Old Testament to New. So let's start off here in Genesis. Genesis 3, 8, 9. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Right? This is like our beginning. This is the beginning of the book. This is the beginning of man's relationship with God. Yes, this is the fall, but we, there's things about the Lord that we see through this. And here, what is the point here? The point is this, is that the Lord created us to be intimate with him in daily relationship with him. He is active. He is not passive towards us. And we must receive his voice. So I just want to take a second here to just describe this here for you guys. God is seeking you out. He is searching for Adam when Adam is in sin and Eve is in sin. Many of us are believing we're in this room right now. There's many people in here. I just believe the Lord is saying this. There's many people in here right now who believe the lie that if you sin, God is like distant from you. I want you to know that Jesus has come because he's seeking us out to restore us. Even back here, it sees this. He's calling to us, where are you? It is our job to respond and say, here I am. It's our job to respond and say that. Okay? Okay. Now, I want to take just stop for a second here. I recognize that my name is Chris. I just want to go back one second. I've been going to church here for a while. A little bit about myself is I started going to church here with, with a break in here in 1994 when I was a freshman at Asbury University. I'll tell you more about that story as we go through, but that was nearly 30 years ago. I've been blessed by this church. I told the last service that this is the first time I heard a message on how to fast, and the first time I ever recognized a call for the mission field that's available, and it was under Pastor Steve many, many years ago. So I really blessed this church. I remember that is what started me into fasting, was I remember in the other building, Pastor Steve giving message about fasting, and in very practical ways, and opened up a world to me. And I started. I was like, I'm going to try this out. And fasting changed my life. So I just want to say that I've been here on and off, and that's who I am. I'm, my name is Chris. I'm an artist, and I also teach at Asbury University, and I've been teaching there since 2005. So just a little bit of heads up, okay? I know that was a little bit in between here. Let's go to the next scripture here. I know that was in between. Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right or to the left. What an amazing scripture. And here's the thing about this scripture is what I believe. This scripture is a prophecy of what we have right now. When the scripture was given, I think certain people had access to it. Certain people God's hand was on. Certain people who like 
certain very specific people, kings, prophets, priests. But this word was like a future prophecy, like a lot of Isaiah is, about everything we have right now. Do you know that God wants to guide you, and he wa- he's so close to you that he will speak to you every single moment? Do you know that he is the most relational person there is? Do you guys understand that? We think we're relational. We have no idea of the perfect love, Trinity, between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Perfect relationship. And he is inviting us into that. This is one of the benefits of that. What's the point? Like I said, this is a prophecy of future things. This means that you can hear him very specifically for certain kind of things. I told this story last service, but it's important to be able to hear him, left or right. And there's this event that happened. So with a lot of my friends in Israel, there was a period of time about 20 years ago when buses were being blown up. It's called Intifada. And so a friend of mine over there, he was about to get on a bus, and he heard the Lord say, do not get on this bus. And that bus had a bomb go off on it. Now, that seems like a really dramatic story, but something like this happened to me and my family in 2016. We were coming from a trip. We were coming from Maine, and then we came down to Yonkers, which is one of your, your boroughs there outside of New York City. And we were going to go into New York City for the day and see the art museums and see the different kind of things there. And it was in Manhattan. And um, I prayed that morning, and I heard this very, very simple word. Do not set foot in the city because there's destruction coming to the city today. Do not even set foot in the city. So I told my wife. It seemed strange. I didn't know, like, I just knew I had this word, <laughs> and we left. And um, by the time we actually hit West Virginia, we saw that ISIS had bombed a couple areas in Chelsea, which is one of the areas we would have gone to that day. I goes, do you guys remember when that happened, 2016, a couple of places? And it was actually kind of concerning to me because I had this written on my phone, and then these bombings happened. I thought, oh, this looks really bad. But I'm so glad for the word that the Lord gave me because we would have been in those areas. We would have been in those areas. But he speaks a word to us, left, and we can hear him to go left and right. That's a promise for us. The next, we move into the Lord here. Jesus, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Because we are his, here's the point, we can hear his voice. It's just simply right there. If you don't think you can hear the voice of the Lord, I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. Because Jesus is right. (laughs) It's as simple as that is that he is the truth and his word is truth. If you haven't, it doesn't mean that you won't. Does it make sense? He is the truth. His voice is calling to us and and we will follow him. Let me just encourage everyone here. When you see scriptures, scriptures are not just things you put over here in the corner. Scriptures are invitation into the life of God. They're both truth and invitation all at the same time. If you haven't experienced his daily intimate voice inside of yourself, he's wanting that for you. He's wanting that for everybody. So Lord, I just ask that if anyone here right now, I'm just going to stop right here. If anyone here has to feel like God does not speak, I pray that you would remove the doubt and that you would touch them and you would seek them out, that you would whisper. Even before we prayed and we started today, I saw Jesus in my mind's eye coming and whispering into people's ears words of love to let you know that he is intimate with you and he's speaking to you. All right, now this beautiful scripture in Acts, this tells another side of our relationship with the Lord and our communication with him and our hearing him. Acts 15, 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit 
and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. So what's happening here, the context of this scripture here, what's happening here is all these new Gentiles have come to the Lord, and they know nothing about the laws of the, Jew, of the Jews. What do we do with them? So the apostles get together with the Holy Spirit, and they're praying, and both of them come into accord. There's a partnership going on there of this is what seems best. Let's just lay upon them only two things. Do not eat food given to idols and avoid sexual immorality. That's it, right? So it's like everything else is under freedom generally, and the Holy Spirit will show you. So what does this do for us here? What is the Lord saying to us here? The Lord, the point here is the Lord speaks with us as partners and co-laborers in the gospel. What we have now surpasses what happens in the Garden of Eden. Do you guys believe this? I'm telling you it's the truth. What we have now is surpassing the Garden of Eden. God has actually come to inhabit us. And also the next thing that I love about this is it shows us that we're not slaves. We're actually part of what I call the family business. Do you know that? Do you know that ministry, like your daily life as disciples, is actually the family business? Jesus says the son does nothing except for what he sees the father doing, and he says nothing except for what he hears the father saying. Jesus is the model. Everyone agree? We are to be exactly like him. That means that we are to be, that we are wired and we are supposed to the promise to be able to hear and see him. We'll talk about this in just a second here, and to be able to imitate him. As Ephesians five one says, "Be imitators of God as dearly beloved children." Now, God wouldn't ask us to do something that we weren't made to do. That He hadn't provided the provision, the supernatural presence and power to do. Does it make sense for everyone here? Let me just tell you a little bit about my story here. This may help. And I guess when I tell you my story, I'm not saying this should be everybody's story. I'm not even saying that my story is the perfect way to do things at all. Because, I, I mean, I kind of believe that I could have surpassed and gone back and, like, cut 10 years of wasted time and gone to a, a deeper intimate relationship with the Lord if I'd only known what I actually had in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he promised us here. So, I mean, I believe this. I'll just set this before I start this story. I'll just set this clear that Jesus came to die for us, for our sins, but he also came to restore us to relationship. And one of the things in the Old Testament you see is this peace offering and a guilt offering. Do you guys remember this from the Old Testament? So every year, you'd have this Passover lamb. You'd have this, this, these, these sacrifices that would happen that would cleanse our sins, but we also had this guilt and conscience issues. And this is the reason why Adam and Eve ran in the garden. This is the reason why God isn't wanting to be in relationship with them, but they're running away. What I would want to propose to you here is that Jesus actually came so that we'd be one with the Father, so that we'd be perfectly one with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is actually the promise. It's not just a theory. It's practical reality. That's what we have. That's what we have. So I just want to propose that to you, that you are supposed to be inhabited by the Holy Spirit. If anyone would stand at the door and knock, and when you open the door, what happens? He comes in. The Godhead comes in and dines with us. The fullness of the Lord. We are temples. I just want to encourage you that that is actually the norm. Now, in my story, I'll just tell you how this worked and... There was different stages I went through here. I came to, to the Lord as a believer in, in uh, I think it was 1992 or 93. And um, I was 16 years old, and it was my father's birthday, and we were in a restaurant, and my mom's Bible study teacher was just talking about Revelation. He was at the family friend, and suddenly the fear of the Lord came over me. And I knew 
that I had not been walking with the Lord and that I was going to hell. I just knew that I had made choices to reject his presence and to reject his lordship. I knew it. I knew it. And I was afraid. And I went home and I found a Bible. And I did not, what I remember is not leaving my room until I found salvation at 16. I was like, closed my door, <laughs> went over all the verses until I got this verse that says that if you will confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you shall be saved, right? And as I read that verse, something happened to me. I was born again. And it wasn't just a mental ascent. I actually felt physical waves. And I got up and I felt like a completely different person. And immediately, know, I'd been touched by something that I'd never experienced. I knew that this is what this scripture talks about, the Holy Spirit. And so the next few months, I started to seek out the Holy Spirit, read every book there was. And then I went to this charismatic youth group. And I was looking for the Holy Spirit. I was looking for what had just set me free. I knew the Lord Jesus, but there was something physical and tangible person and at that moment, the leaders prayed over me. I was baptized in the Spirit. Tongues came out of my mouth. I, my knees gave out. I fell down. And then as I sat on the ground, it was like waves, like radiating waves of the love of the Father just kept rolling through me. And that period of time led to the next year and a half where I just constantly evangelized in my high school. Like, that's all I did. <laughs> that's, that's what I was known for. In a Catholic high school, I got the religious award. <laughs> And I just evangelized nonstop. Um, and that was the overflow of that because I just touched another reality. Now, here's the thing is that the still small voice. So during that first period of time, the ways of the Lord were speaking to me were conscience and logos word of God. So your written word of God, right? But I didn't always have this still small voice. And I couldn't always recognize it even if I did. I just didn't come from a background. My church I went to was cessationist. So there wasn't a whole lot of teaching about this. And if you talked about it, it sounded like the devil. So, <laughs> so there wasn't a lot of mentorship. I wish that there was. I wish that there was, because God is calling us into intimate experience with him. Then I came to Asbury. I came to Asbury, and where it shifted there was I started to hear this still, small voice. And it was just I would go on walks with the Lord, and then maybe every once in a month or two, I would just hear a word that was like water for the next dry season. But it literally would come like every few months. And then I started going to this Bible study. And some folks in this congregation, there was this older gentleman who was a history professor at Asbury named Bob Neff. And he had this youth group. He had this, sorry, he had this home church study. He started in the early 1970s. He went for 40-something years until he died. And the very first time I went there, my friends invited me from Asbury. I went to this group as I came to the door of Handel to this basement. It was nothing special. It looked like the 1970s down there. And in this basement, as I touched it, I felt something that I was, best thing I can describe was supernatural. As I touched the door handle, I thought there's something going on inside here. I didn't have words for it as a new believer, but I knew that I felt like the presence of God was in there. And during that, that meeting that night, it was profound things that happened. But one of the things I remember clearly about what happened was when ministry time came, I was longing for the Lord to speak to me and for somebody to pray for me. And as I sat there saying, Lord, please bring somebody to pray for you, speak to me, I heard a voice. Now, this is the only time in my life I've heard an audible voice. And I say this because I know that there's many people. There's, there's got to be people in this congregation, and I've met many, many, many people who are used to or have had experiences with the audible voice of God or seeing God with their natural eyes. That is actually a scriptural thing. That is in scripture. You can read your Bible. It's there. It's true. Okay. But I'm saying that most people generally don't have that. 
And that was not something normal to me. That's only happened to me one time. And as I sat there praying, my eyes closed, I heard my name called audibly. I heard Chris. And then in the middle of my name, it sounded like a waterfall. So it sounded like Chris. (laughs) Just imagine a massive waterfall that was just miles wide. And it, it mirrors the scripture that says the voice of many waters, right? And I looked around, and there was no one there. And I was like, who called my name? I heard this voice with a waterfall. It was like a voice speaking inside of a waterfall. Okay? That is, that happened to me. But that has not happened since. I would love for that to happen. That was, but that was a very important moment where I knew that God was speaking to me. But still, this still small voice is the most, I believe, the most common way that he wants to speak to us. So over this next period of time, over this next period of time, I started to cultivate this still small voice. How did that work? Well, how did I know I was actually hearing the voice of the Lord? So part of the problem here is that when God inhabits us and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, Scripture, and we'll talk about this later, talk about the mind of Christ, his thoughts sometimes sound like our thoughts. So it's confusing. If we're not used to seeing it, we won't know he's speaking to us. But how I did come to know is we would, during this group, this professor would pray for the sick, pray for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, And during these times, we'd all gather together, imagine like 50 or 60 college kids in a basement, and somebody would need prayer. We'd all pray, so all of us would gather and lay hands, and I would hear this little thought, I thought, I believe this is the Lord, and I would speak it out, and then somebody else in the group would say, I had the exact same word. Then I knew I was hearing, because it was a confirmation in the body of Christ. This is one of the best ways to know, because otherwise, we think we're alone, but I was like, oh, I I actually am, that's still a small voice is actually the Lord. And I know it because other people are hearing the same thing about this person, and we have never talked about this situation. So that was one of the confirmations. Now, one of the major changes that happened for me was there was a period of time where my wife was on a ministry dance trip in Alabama, and I was we'd just been married probably one to two years, and I was she was gone, I was alone in the apartment, I was reading through Scripture, and I was reading over the gifts of the Spirit, and I'd received the gift of tongues, but I got to tell you that I didn't really quite understand what it was for. I knew that when I prayed that sometimes I would feel depression lift, and I knew that it was important, but it still is like, what do I do with this? Sometimes you, there wasn't a great manual for me at that time. But I was reading over the gifts of the Spirit, and then it talks about the gift of tongues, and it says, for whoever has the gift of tongues, you should therefore also pray for the gift of interpretations. Who, who's read that before in Scripture? I want to tell you that that's like a a, a directive. It's like, if this, then you should do that. Paul is saying, you should do this. Just like he says, seek earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. So I saw this like, oh, there's something I should do here that I never saw before. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this because you told me to do this. It says it in Scripture. So I said, Lord, I have the gift of tongues. I ask you for the gift of interpretation of tongues. And I just received that. And then I just heard this still small voice say, test it out. I was like, okay. So it required an action for me like Peter stepping outside of the boat. So I prayed again, quietly in tongues, and the moment I prayed, I heard this verse voice underneath of it like a teleprompter. And it was just like, directly as I was speaking, I heard a voice underneath of it. And I was shocked. And the voice, when I heard it, said this. Chris, it said, I'm coming soon. That's the very first thing I heard. And I turned, looked around and said, what was that? That was crazy. It was like a teleprompter voice underneath. I said, I'm going to test this out again. So I prayed again. And I heard the voice again. It said, Chris, I'm coming sooner than you think. It was like that. That opened a door of hearing, of recognizing there's other kind of graces to hearing. 
And the strange thing happened after that was I went back to my discipleship group, the Bob Neff's group, and friends were praying, and then friends were praying for another friends in the tongues. But this time when they prayed, I heard the voice underneath what they were saying. And I was super surprised. It sounded like the voice of angels singing, saying, glory to God in the height. I would hear this voice underneath what they were saying too. How this led for me was in ministry time. I was part of the Vineyard Church for a while too. And during ministry times, it made ministry time really easy. This is the extroverted voice of God towards other people. So this is not just the private voice, but it's also when I would start to pray for people in ministry time, I would quietly pray in tongues. Then I would hear the voice clearly directing me which way to go. I'm about to do this, say this, they have this, I want you to do this. It became so easy that ministry was the easiest thing I did because I didn't have to do anything. All I did was watch what the Lord does. He would start to speak and I would just do whatever he did. It was as simple as that, okay? Now, it shifted for me a few years ago. I had this experience that was kind of this crazy experience in 2015 when the constant voice of the Lord, which was like a very constant presence, would come over me And I believe that this is actually what's for everybody. This is the baseline what's for everybody. And this story goes like this. In the summer of 2015, as I came back to Asbury and I started teaching, I'd walk to work and I would hear the still small voice, the Holy Spirit, say these things that were I'd never seen before. Like, Chris, soon you're going to see people healed of addictions without any 12-step plan. I was like, what? I've never seen that before. Or I'd walk to Asbury and as I crossed over, the road between the seminary and the college, I would see a picture in my mind of an open door that looked like a like an attic door. It opened up like a hatch, and then jewels would be pouring out in the street between Asbury and Asbury Seminary. I didn't understand what that means, but I think we understand what that means now after what happened in February, right? It's like the streets were filled, but I didn't understand. I was like, I was just seeing these things. And then I was in my studio at Asbury, and I'm stretching canvases, doing really mundane, ordinary art business stuff, and I hear this small voice from the Holy Spirit saying, check your landline. Now, I had that, at that time, I still had, like, those old phones, like, you know, with the red button, like the old ones, like, right? And I was about to get rid of it because no one ever calls on that. But I was like, no one's going to call on that. Why are you telling me to? But I picked it up, and there was a message. It was one message from this guy who was from out west. And it took me three times listening to it because his accent was a little bit different to understand what it was saying. But it basically, it was he's an artist from Santa Fe, and the Lord has spoken to him, and he wanted me to give him a call back. I was like, okay. So I'm thinking it's just a business thing that has to do with the university. So I go outside and I call him, and he says, oh, yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah, I remember now. So this guy has a tattoo studio, and he's a visual, uh, figural artist. And he says, yeah, I was praying the other day in my tattoo studio in the morning, and I saw these letters go in front of my face. And the letters were A-S-B-U-R-Y. And he said to the Lord, what's an Asbury? He had no idea what it was. He'd never heard of Asbury. It's, from like, it's like New Mexico, right? And then the Lord said to him, look it up. So he looks it up. It's like, oh, it's a Christian institution. Now look at, the Lord says to him, now look at the art department. Oh, it has an art department. Now look at this guy, Chris, and call him up personally. And so he calls me up. I was like, oh, this is what's going on. So I thought the conversation just switched the conversation switched, and I said to myself, oh, and to him, I said, well, you must understand what these signs, these things I'm hearing are meaning. And then he said it's something that I found to be, at that moment, to be not very profound, but to be life-changing. He said, Chris, I believe that when you understand the pleasure that God takes over you, you will see these breakthroughs. And I remember getting off the phone thinking, that wasn't very profound, that was super simple, but then something really strange happened. From that moment, 
a couple things happen. One, I start to hear this voice of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in my ears saying, Chris, I'm so pleased with you. I'm so pleased. The pleasure and the love of God, like, flooded into my life. And I would see these images in my head of, like, a Renaissance image of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit kind of dancing over me, saying, we're so pleased with you. When that perfect pleasure of the Lord, which is what Jesus bought, the perfect peace. Perfect peace is not just... We're not going to fight each other. Perfect peace is we're in complete unity and complete loving unity together. When that came over me, that released something inside of me that I'd never experienced. Then I would be in front of people, and then I would just hear the Lord speaking. I'd just hear him saying, telling him saying this. I would hear him singing over people wherever I was, whether I was in like at Asbury or if I was in Lowe's. There's a number of people in Lowe's that I have a relationship with because there was an encounter, that supernatural encounter that happened where... I'd be in Lowe's, and then the woman behind the counter, the Lord said, would say, like, oh, she has something against me. Ask her what it is. And then it would lead to this time of prayer, or the Lord would say, I'm going to touch this woman. Tell her that I want to have a touch for her. Or a, a person would be like, I'm going to heal this person. And I would see healing happening and public displays of the Lord's power and love seeking people out happening basically every time I went out to the point where it became uncomfortable to go out. It became real. I was like, oh no, if I go out, something's going to happen. I was like, even in Goodwill, it's like people walk up and like, oh, here we go. And it's it happened over and over and over and over and over again. And all of this has to do with the love of God, is that suddenly I saw that the Lord was seeking out every person I'd ever met. Any person I look at, he's speaking over them. He is speaking over them. Okay, let me switch over there. So I want to switch over to some practical steps here to hearing the Lord in our time. It's practical. I want you to know that this is your bread. If you think that, no, God doesn't speak, that ugh, I'm just going to tell you that this, Jesus modeled this. The disciples modeled this. This is for us. This is what separates us. This is what separates us from every other religion in the world, is that God has come and inhabited us. We actually have the heart of God, the life of God sitting inside of us. We become a temple of the Lord. Does that make sense? So that when people come near us, they can actually get access to meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just words. It's actually the very life and power and voice of God inside of us. The possibilities are unbelievable and endless. He can do anything. Anything. All right. Number one, distractions are a big deal today. God is like, distractions are not impossible for God, but we need to make a decision at least to remove distractions. I mean, a distraction can be as simple as like focusing your gaze, like I'm focused on Whatever is going on, maybe I have a, things I have to buy. It could be as simple as, I'm going to focus on you right now. Switching the focus. Focus on the Lord's presence. Once you know what to look for, you'll know what to look for. This is what I found. Here's this picture here. And I should have gotten a different picture, but what do you guys see? Do you see a lion hiding in the woods there? I can tell you, the first time I, I went, and I, I've actually, I think I've only been once, so the only time I've been to Africa, and, and I went on safari, and I was on a mission trip, and we did the safari little trip during the middle of the mission trip, and there were some missionary kids who'd grown up in Kenya. And we first, when I first went out there, they were like, hey, do you see that cheetah back there? I was like, no. <laughs> I could, you can't, the animals are so camouflaged. They're, they're built camouflaged. And so they said, look at that termite mountain. Look behind it. See that patch? It's like, oh, I saw it. You know what happened the first time I saw it? I constantly saw it after that. The moment I was recognized... What was there, the moment you see the lion, you can't unsee the lion. But when it's hidden, like the treasure that's hidden in the field, the pearl of great price, you pass by it, but it's hidden in the field. 
So I want to encourage you about this, is that the voice of the Lord is many times still and small. He's in perfect peace. It's a whisper like Elijah, remember on the mountain, but his voice was not in the, the thunder or the fire or the wind. It was a still, small voice. But once you recognize it, it becomes apparent, and then you're able to, to understand what's going on there. We're going to go through these pretty quickly here. Do not fear. Some people are afraid. Some people are afraid of the voice of the Lord. Some people are afraid that God is bad. I'm going to tell you God is good. This is very, very simple. There's no one more loving than him. That's why scripture says God is love. He is desiring you. He's already done everything to restore a relationship with you. Everything is already done. All that, all that needs to be done, left, is you receive him. It's, it's super simple. Just say, I, I want you, or Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. Surely this day you will be with me in paradise. It's so simple. Just say yes. Just welcome him. He's done everything, but many people are afraid that God is bad or that if they hear him, he'll say something negative. That is, that is not the Lord. Does that make sense? Like, the, you'd be surprised how many people are actually afraid that God is not good, so they stay away from him. Really, especially if you've had a bad relationship with your father in your life. I've had people, when I said, encourage them to, like, call God father, they say, I would never call God something as evil as that. Well, I'm telling you, he's good. 1 Corinthians 2.16, For he who has known the mind of Christ, mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him that we have the mind of Christ. So when you go into this and you spend time with the Lord, don't be afraid. You understand that God is like all powerful. He is spiritual. He is both, he's all things that he says he is. But it may feel weird to you. You may feel like, oh, this seems strange. But you have the mind of Christ. You actually have the Lord living inside of you. And so his thoughts will come through our thoughts. It's a promise right there in scripture. So don't run away from this. Run towards him because he wants to share things with you. Next thing is this, ask the Lord to speak to you. Welcome him. There's something that happens where he wants us to welcome him. Even Jesus, when he's looking at Jerusalem, says, says oh, Jerusalem, you will not see me again until you welcome me. And say, blessed are you who, who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a welcoming that he wants us. And when we welcome him into our lives, his voice comes, and he wants to dance and be in intimacy with us. Allow the Lord to sanctify your mind, your imagination, and your senses. All of our senses, you have to understand that it's like everything that's here that we're sometimes afraid of is actually meant for holiness. I know that we think about vain imagination and our culture is like, oh, this is my imagination. But I want to propose to you that your imagination, your imagination is the canvas of God. That if it's sanctified, if you say, I give you my imagination, please speak to me. You'll start to see images. You'll start to see things that you can't naturally see. The Lord wants to reveal those things to you of what he's doing so that you're able to obey him and able to copy what he's doing. Here's the scripture. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good from evil. We're actually supposed to train our senses. Does it make sense? So our eyesight, our hearing, all of that. Number four, begin to listen. The voice of the Lord tends to sound like a thought or a picture. So I would encourage you this, is that Many times we don't know what to do, but think about relationships. What I, what I found is that many times when I ask a question or I welcome him, he immediately starts speaking. Doesn't mean that he's not always speaking. It means that I've opened the door of my heart. So I may start off with just like, Lord, what are you saying to me? I mean, immediately as I, I said that word to you, I heard the Lord say, Chris, I love you and I will never leave you. Does that make sense? The voice of the Lord is always ready for us. This is not the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. Sometimes it looks like a picture. Sometimes it looks like a mystery. 
the still small voice of the Lord can sometimes be overlooked. And number five, and we're going over here. I'll just keep going here. Respond and obey. This is really important. What are you going to do about what the Lord has said to you? Sometimes it's, it's an invitation. I just want to say it again. The voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord is an invitation. It's not just something to put on the wall. He's actually calling us to be accountable for what he's saying to us. And this is why you have the parable of the talents. The, the point of that is, is that what we bring into it, what we think the Lord is giving to us is what we're going to get out of it. It's an invitation for more. Now, challenges, real quick. I'll bo- go, I know we're going time here, but number one, do we want to hear him? That's an honest question. I've always thought, why wouldn't you want to hear him? But I've had people where I said, hey, w- let's pray. I know the Lord's going to speak to you. They're like, no, I don't want to hear you may not want to. You may want to be able to do everything yourself without him being part of your life. But what if the Lord wants to be a part of everything that you do so that the kingdom of heaven breaks forth in every area you are? That can only happen through intimacy. That can only happen through being in constant relationship with him. Number two, are we afraid of what he'll say? This is kind of what I said earlier. Number three, are we willing to obey? You'd be surprised. I mean, if you think God won't ask you to do things that are uncomfortable, that's not the, the Lord will ask you to do some things that are uncomfortable because our comfort area is based on our control and what we think we know about a situation. I got to tell you that when I've seen the most profound, miraculous activity, it's when he's told me something that I had zero knowledge for and it seemed completely out of the box. Things that I'm like, I have no way to know that. This seems silly, but I've come to find that if the Lord is speaking to you, it's more dangerous not to obey. What I mean by that is, is that the cost of not obeying could be an opportunity for somebody else in the kingdom. Does that make sense for everybody? And number five, stewarding our relationship with him. We have to steward this, just like we steward a marriage. Will God make you come and spend intimate time with him? He won't. But are we invited to? Does he desire it with all of his heart? Yes. Draw close to the Lord, near the Lord, and he will draw near to you. Steward your relationship. Just put yourself in the position. He's always speaking. Trust me here. Okay, we're going to move into this next time here where a lot some of the prayer ministers, prayer pastors here, we're going to, going to go over some what's called words of knowledge and prayer points here. So your intimate time with the Lord bleeds over into your extroverted ministry time. This is the secret here, is that intimacy and quiet leads to everything else that you see. Prophecy comes out of this. Healing comes out of this. The love of God comes out of this. All of it is... is just like how Jesus would go off at night to spend time with the Father, and from that time in the Father came all the miracles and wonders, signs, and redemption that we see. It starts off with intimacy, the still small voice, but the still small voice also is prophetic because it says that the spirit of prophecy is the spirit of Jesus. So when he speaks, he speaks outside of time, all time at one time. It's perfect. So he speaks things into being that are not. So I'm going to share a couple things here that we had in prayer. And I want to invite the ministry team to come on up, the prayer teams and the worship team. So if this is you, I want to invite you to come up for prayer. Because what we found, what's been found is that 80% of the time when people are healed, there's usually what's called a word of knowledge that's given before. That's that's the Lord letting you know, I'm about to do something. The first was this. uh, This is one of those ones where it's like, I don't know this. (laughs) I heard this last week for this week was I'm sending someone here to Antwerp. I didn't even, I had to look up where that was. But there could be somebody here who God is going to set something before you where he's calling you to this place where there's an opportunity and when the door opens up, you will hear it and you're like, oh, I heard a word about that. That was for me. 
Number two, there's someone here, or maybe different people who do not believe me. I will make faith rise up in them, and they will see what they've been hoping for. So maybe there's folks here who are struggling with doubt, where you want to believe the Lord. You want to believe these things. You really do, but you're struggling. And the Lord will make this. He will give you the gift of faith and make it rise up. Number three, maybe there's someone here with hip pain in the right side, or hip pain in general. The next one here is, um, I saw somebody who was short of breath, who, when they started walking, it was like, they went into convulsions. And I believe that the Lord wants to heal you and, and heal you so that you'll be able to go back to a lifestyle of exercise. Next one is, is just, I feel like the Lord is removing doubt off of people. Doubt is, many times, is the enemy's attack on us. If the Lord speaks something, Scripture says that the word is shaken. Because of this word, a persecution comes. It says that in the sower and the seeds. Next one is, is I'm setting someone free from, from addiction, and very, very specific types of addiction, too. So I saw the Lord removing invisible chains off your neck during the service. Next one here. I'm calling some people to remove limitations of me. Here was a strange one. I saw that the Holy Spirit was like a lion that you had caged and you had under control. And he was like, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit said, I do not want to be in a cage. And you don't want me to be in a cage. You want to see the wonders and you want to see the full love of God moving in your life. You want your life to be integrated with the Lord. Next one was this, is um, rotator cuff pain heard rotator. There was somebody who came forward for that last service, but if there's somebody with rotator cuff pain. The next one is this. This is kind of a harder word. Was There were folks here who were in deliberate disobedience of the Lord. This is not a judgment. This is an invitation to come home. And I felt like the Lord is calling you back to walk with him, walk with him in, in obedience with him. So there may be somebody here who's like, I don't want to follow the Lord. I'm here but I'm running away from something and I don't want to. And the Lord is calling you in love and intimacy like the Father back home to walk with him. Next one is, maybe you have peripheral blindness on the sides of your eye where there's a darkness. I kind of had a sense about that. And then another one here is, I saw that somebody had a tear, a physical tear inside of their heart that the Lord wanted to heal today. So if you think about inside of the heart, something happened where there was a tear. Next one was this, um, I saw somebody had lower back pain in the L4, like a ruptured disc that the Lord was wanting to heal. And then pain in the right knee. And then some of the prayer ministers had this one here, which people responded to was, it was a hurting wife with a broken relationship with her husband. And the Lord wanted her to immerse herself in the love of Jesus. And then the last one, this is the one I heard very, very clearly during the service was, I'm about to heal broken relationships. I will cause reconciliation to occur. Nothing is impossible with me. And this one I saw, I saw that people considered restoration of the broken relationships to be the most impossible miracle that they would ever see to the point where like this will never happen. And the Lord was, is, is, is saying, is anything too impossible for him? So I saw him healing that. So if any of these are for you, you want more of the Lord, please come forward. We'll pray for you here in this time.
So during this time, we're going to have everyone come up that wants prayer. Um, and we're also just going to, as a congregation, just worship as they're receiving prayer. So can you all stand as you're able? I'm just going to spend spend some time in worship.
Lord, we thank you for still speaking to us today. And we thank you that your voice is the only voice that we want to hear. And I pray for the miracle of you silencing other voices that are not of you. Give us the supernatural ability to have the discipline of a disciple to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Not just the bad thoughts, but your truth to take that captive that my sheep hear my voice. I thank you for the word that was spoken to us today by faith. I pray that we receive it by faith and with gladness and we live it out in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for worshiping with us now. I want to dismiss you if you have children. You want to come back with your children because we're going to continue to do ministry. We're going to pray and continue to pray. There's a lot of people in line for prayer. But I want to thank you for being with us today at church. You Please leave quietly. Get your children. You can come back. We're going to continue to worship and pray and do ministry in Jesus' name. God bless you. The Savior today. We hope you were encouraged to grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.